0: As we study uh, St. Paul's teaching, I'm not really, really interested in his teaching. Uh, But what I'm really interested in is what experience of Paul brought that teaching. That's what I'm interested in. Let me say it again. I'm not just interested in teaching of Paul. I wanna explore Paul's experience behind those teaching that caused that teaching. In that sense, Christian teaching or spiritual teaching is different from secular teaching because Paul is not giving you a formula Theory. You uh, a theory. Uh, you come up with a theory, and then you just follow those theories. That's not what Paul is doing. Paul experienced something wonderful, and he's articulating that experience through words, through teaching. And then I can see Paul struggle uh, because. What he experienced he could not really articulate with human words because human words are limited. So he was struggling to try to say, but some many times we are just memorizing Paul's saying or justification by grace and righteousness by faith and all this stuff. We just memorize and then we, we use it as a theory without really understanding. Paul's experience so what we are really trying to explore is Paul's experience here so Christian life is not and many people uh, uh, misunderstand Christian life Christian life is not that you study Jesus teaching oh Jesus uh, told you not not to do this and to do that and all this uh, uh, what Jesus taught And then you try to, you learn those teachings and you try to apply in your lives. Live out that teaching of Jesus Christ. That's not how Christian life is supposed to be. If you do that, you're right back to the law time. Right before, I mean, right back to the time when Paul never met Christ. He saw the rules and laws and then all that, and he tried to follow those, those laws. And still, I am the subject. I learned Jesus' teaching, and I live out uh, Jesus' teaching. So still, the focus is I. And then Paul realized that that's wrong. I died. Crucified and Christ living in me. That's how he, un- I mean, his experience of what he did all his life was wrong. All he did in his life was mis- misguided. So that's why I'm interested not in just teaching. So I don't, I hope that you don't use Paul's words as a theory. What is important is, what is your experience of God's grace? What is your experience? Paul articulated for you, thankfully, the deep truth that he revealed to you. But what can you relate to that experience? Does spirit work in in your life in that way? Or we are so distant from God, only thing that is left is just words or laws. So I hope that you reflect upon your own life, your own spirituality, your own understanding uh, of Christ. Paul's understanding is, it's not I who do this, but I am so connected with Christ and Christ lives in me and he guides me. He leads me. Very different life. It's not I who study teachings and I live out the teaching. No. It is Christ. He's so deeply connected with Christ that Christ lives in me and Christ empowers me. Christ guides me and his grace Uh, open the door for me. That's totally different lifestyle. It's not the same. But many people, even Christians, they they live out the first one that I mentioned rather than the second one because they never experience, they never feel connected with Christ. They never feel connected with God. So, only thing that is left left is me. I am trying my best. I am doing my best to live out a good Christian, live as a good Christian. No hope. Hopeless. There is nothing that you can get out of in that kind of uh, lifestyle. That's what Paul experienced. Completely. So, what he uh, says to us is very, very precious. But for those who are never connected with Christ, will find it very foreign. And then it will just become uh, another theory, our archaic words. Because it was two, uh, written 2,000 years ago. It's very hard to really uh, uh, make it relevant to our life. Because it's just another lan- ancient archaic language then there's no uh, salvation. There's no joy. There's no freedom. Uh, There's no power in that kind of uh, lifestyle. So I hope that we get it right. Do you understand what I'm saying? Do you understand the difference between these two? Right? Yeah, very clearly. I mean, I was going to say on Sunday uh, on my sermon, and I wrote them all, and then I ripped it. (laughs) Uh, ripped it off uh, this evening because it's too much. People will not understand. There are people who are just attending the service. They won't understand what I'm talking about. So I decided to talk about it at the Friday Bible study. At least you came here because you're interested in learning. So I hope that you really through uh, learning of Paul you experienced the new world and new self, new age. Uh, in in your uh, journey of life so let us look at uh, uh, chapter 2 1 to 10 first Uh, where is Jonathan
1: (laughs) Jonathan can you read it for me please
0: you you look like really that what a sang you really look like yung Whenever I see this drama, oh, there's Jonathan.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. Does he look like yung Yeah, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Especially the the, the day of uh, being kidnapped. That one. Oh,
1: your hair, long hair,
0: and then. Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Sorry, too put you on the spot (laughs) but you're you're good looking so (laughs) okay a little too far he has a good voice though yeah 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 That's ¿Sí? it? No more? Thank you, uh, Jonathan. Um, I'm not interested in uh, explaining uh, each verse because we are not doing Galatian study. Uh, so I, I'm not interested in uh, the, the explaining uh, each verse. I'm interested in, uh, I want to capture that, what Paul experienced. Only four, 14 years later, Paul went up to Jerusalem. At that time, in Jerusalem, all the great Christian leaders were there. All the apostles, disciples, 12 disciples were there. All the early uh, Christians, uh, uh, the the leaders were there. And then St. Paul uh, came into the Christian scene very late. And then all of a sudden on the road to Damascus, he experienced Christ. And so he uh, came into uh, the Christian scene. But strangely, 14 years, He didn't meet any other Christians. At that time, uh, you don't call them Christians. They're all Jews, but Messianic Jews, those who believed Jesus was the Messiah. And Paul did not associate with these Christian leaders, 12 disciples, who met Jesus Christ, who lived with Jesus, and who uh, learned directly from Jesus. Paul did not Be with 14 years is not a short time, quite a long time, for the longest time. In three years, he went up and he only met Peter and James, but later, 14 years, this time too, by the revelation, because God told him to go. So he went up, instead of his own, uh, by his own initiative, the Spirit told him to go up uh, to Jerusalem. So he went up to uh, Jerusalem, 14 years later, Uh, and the first time he met. In other words, uh, Paul was very independent in his thinking. It's not something that he received from the uh, disciples, from the historical Jesus, in a way. The teachings of historical Jesus, he didn't receive from the disciples. Very different way of Uh, Learning, because in uh, older time and now too, you know, uh, Socrates taught Plato, and Plato taught Aristotle. So there's a Socrates group, and then a Platonic group, and there's a Aristotelian group, and then they are the disciples of these great teachers. And then Paul. I mean. Normally, uh, thinking that we think that uh, he will learn from the disciples who met Jesus Christ, who uh, kept uh, the record of, of Jesus' teaching, but he didn't do that. That was cut off. He was on his own, very independent. Where did he get the insight? Where did he get understanding of, of this Jesus, this Christ? in a way a little different from the Jesus that disciples knew. Where did he get his own understanding? The issue in the Galatian church was uh, circumcision. Uh, circumcision right now is nothing. Uh, we, don't, we don't do circumcision. We don't, we don't think it's very important, but at that time circumcision was identity marker. If you're not circumcised, then you are not uh, part of God's uh, promise and blessings, and that was to, so to Jews, a uh, circumcision was very important. And missionaries came and then told them, "Okay, what Paul said, great, you have freedom in Christ now, and uh, uh, you, you you have salvation by your faith." But this but is a problem. That's great, but but. You have to be circumcised, still. Still, you have to keep the Old Testament tradition, Jewish tradition. In other words, they tried to make these Gentiles as Jews first. I mean, because not, we don't have Christianity yet. Uh, we don't, we, there was no such thing as Christianity at that time. In Paul's time, Paul uh, died as a Jew, not as a Christian. They didn't call themselves Christian. They were all faithful Jew. And so to be a faithful Jew, now through Christ, you can be a true uh, Israel, but at the same time, you have to be circumcised and you have to follow uh, uh, the Jewish tradition. That's what they are saying you understand what I'm saying? Uh, the tension. Uh, that's a fair. I mean, Paul saying that law is no more and, and I die to the law. That's a radical statement. That's a ra- I mean, no one would have uh, liked that. No one would have uh, liked uh, what Paul said. But he made that kind of bold statement because he experienced something wonderful beyond this world. That's why he was able to say that. And he realized that those guys yet don't know what freedom is. They are not truly free in that sense. So when you look at uh, verse 4, but because of false believers, he calls them false believers. Even though they are from uh, Jerusalem, they were Christians Uh, They were uh, part of the authentic Christian group. And yet, Paul calls them false believers. Misguided believers. Very strong statement he's making. But because of false believers secretly brought in, who slipped in to spy on the freedom we have in Christ Jesus, so that they might enslave us. Ah, Paul is talking about freedom enslavement language here. He saw the innocent suggestion of doing circumcision was not innocent suggestion. It comes from their enslavement. They are still bound in their own darkness. To Paul also, what was his understanding of freedom? I asked myself, what was his understanding of freedom? And obviously, it was not a political freedom. He, he was not talking about uh, freedom from Romans or, you know, he's not talking about that kind of freedom uh, here. It's not political freedom. It's not economic freedom. It's not social freedom either. And it's not, a, it's not about a personal freedom to do whatever you want. That's not what freedom is to Paul. Because the, the, to us, we think that uh, freedom is uh, doing whatever I want. Uh, very individualistic society, like a modern society. Very uh, – uh, the, 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 uh, the rights, uh, we really claim rights. I mean, human rights and all that, but my right. Uh, this entitlement attitude, very individualistic. uh, So he's not talking about that kind of freedom, freedom freedom, uh, to do whatever I want. Then what was freedom? And then I looked at Luke. Luke described uh, Paul's uh, experience uh, in this way. Uh, Paul doesn't say yet, but Luke described Paul's change in this way very interesting uh, statement so I want to read with you so Ananias went and entered the house he laid his hands on Saul and said brother Saul the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on your way here has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit and immediately something like scales fell from his eyes, and his sight was restored. That was Luke's understanding of Paul's uh, conversion. In other words, Paul's freedom was to do with darkness. Paul's freedom was to do with darkness to do with not seeing what he ought to see. He didn't see what he ought to see because he was enslaved, he realized. Because he was not free. He was enslaved by something, some kind of force, some kind of power that enslaved me so that I could not see what I ought to see. It's not because he did not try. It's it's not a matter of trying. Last week, I showed you the cup. Do you remember? Cup and ink I uh, poured, and then everything became dark. So when you're in there, it doesn't matter how much you study and how much uh, uh, you're awakened and how much uh, uh, good you do. It doesn't matter. You're still in that darkness. And he realized that he was there that's why he called that not just my mistake but this present dark age this present evil age so we were all trapped there we were all trapped in that age in that water that uh, the dark water so it doesn't matter what uh, we think that we are just conditioned to think in this way. And sometimes it's so true to us too. We are so conditioned in this world, we don't see what we ought to see. We don't experience what we ought to experience. We just follow the pattern of this world. That's why in Romans, Paul said, do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but transformed by the renewing of your minds and heart. So that's what he experienced. It's not a theory that he's uh, uh, laying out here. That's what he experienced. When we live in this world, we our mind is clouded. Our thinking is clouded. That darkened Self, that darkened consciousness, that is enslavement. That is enslavement. His attitude towards the law, his attitude towards religion, his understanding of God, all wrong. All wrong. All his life. It was all wrong. He thought that he was serving God, but he realized that he served an idol that he created for himself, within himself. It was not God that he served. It was idol that he served all his life. It's just good image that he created because it was convenient or it was easier to understand so he created this idol and he followed that uh, idol and he uh, served that idol god he knew was very scary god before christ god he knew was a very scary god God demands certain behaviors from human beings. And if human beings don't follow his demand, that God threatened to punish and even to kill. So this fear not only blinded him, but also enslaved him. So his way of appeasing this God is to keep the law. That was his way of making this God pleasant, feel good. I appease to this God by living according to the law. There are lots of people who live like that, even now. There are lots of people who live like that. making the scary God happy. That was what he was doing. Living in the present evil age, he followed the false things. False self, false piety, and false God. Everything is false. Even morality was false. You're not interested in others. You're interested in your own goodness. That's why you're being good. Very scary God image. And from that, all the wrong things started. Because from the beginning, that is the wrong image of God. And from there, all the wrong conclusions. The first person who broke down this false image of God was Jesus Christ. And good example is the parable of the prodigal son. That's a historical Jesus who taught us. So I'm saying that historical Jesus and the uh, risen Christ uh, Paul uh, experience are the sim- uh, same. But uh, you you can see that uh, some people say that so radically different that so uh, uh, different so uh, the, the risen Christ that Paul talks about is totally different from the historical Jesus that disciples experience. Uh, some uh, scholars say that, but I believe that they are connected: historical Jesus and uh, Paul's Christ. it's very well connected and Jesus Christ uh, Jesus on earth uh, taught us the uh, parable of the prodigal son when you look at uh, parable of the prodigal son then it is very very different image of God the father I mean the son came give me my inheritance in other words I'll consider you dead so give me my portion I'm going to use it and he went out and he spent it and all that, he came back and the father embraced him through a party and put a ring put a, uh, put a rope that image when Jewish people heard that parable they were totally shocked what kind of God is that I never knew that kind of God and Paul that's what he discovered and that uh, I'm going to talk about a little later that particular thing was it's not, it's not uh, Jesus' parable of Pro- prodigal son but the particular thing uh, that Paul discovered was the cross he found all that at the cross I'll explain a little later. Okay, in this dark, evil age, then what was the most powerful reality that enslaved all people? In this dark age, in this dark, evil age, what was the most powerful reality that enslaved everyone? What is the most powerful reality? Paul discovered that that was sin. Sin. Sin is not just making mistakes here and there. It's not just doing something wrong. Sin is a power to blind us and enslave us. Sin increases the, increases the fear to the maximum level and has complete control over us. So sin brought this fear to the maximum level, which is fear of death and then enslaved all of us. So strangely, Paul does not use the word forgiveness at all. He does not use the word forgiveness. Only when he quotes the Old Testament, he uses the word forgiveness, but he doesn't use forgiveness forgiveness for himself because that's not what he experienced it was not forgiveness by getting rid of guilt through forgiveness would not be enough to be truly free from the power that enslaved him and controlled him was not possible only through forgiveness. Paul to Paul, that is possible when you die. When you die. That's why he uses the language "die." I die to the law. I die to myself. He died to his wrong understanding of God. So. To Paul, to be free means to die. He sometimes calls, he was crucified with Christ. That's why he said this in Galatians, when you look at the later verse in chapter 2. It is no longer I who live, but it is Christ who lives in me. Because I died. I died. At the cross, not only Jesus died, but he believed that the power that controlled his, this present evil age was also crucified somehow. Then there are three things this cross symbolized. One, this cross exposed how evil this present world was. Cross exposed and show that innocent man was violently killed. And this is what this world, this present dark age did to this innocent man. I mean, he talks about to the son of God. So it shows how evil this world was. The, the, the cross nakedly exposed that. Two, this cross showed really who God was. I'm going to talk about this on Sunday, at this part, the image of God. So yeah, I, I can explain a little bit more uh, there. I think that is something that even uh, kind of non-committed Christians <laughs> will be able to understand <laughs> so uh, I left it uh, uh, for this Sunday not the God who demanded certain behavior and threatened to punish and kill him if he did, uh, didn't follow but God who not, who would not spare his own son to love us that loving God that grace that he discovered new image of God on the cross and then third somehow the evil power was crucified and lost its power evil power creates fear and controls people but Jesus faith destroyed the power of evil power when Jesus completely trusting God, even to the moment of death, the evil power could not use that fear anymore on Jesus. So evil power lost its gripping power. Jesus was not scared of his weaknesses, his own death. He simply trusted God. That's why to Paul, trust is so important. Faith is so important because ultimately, he, Jesus trusted God not himself so he said Galatians when you go to uh, chapter 6 may I never boast of anything except the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ by which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world to this world he is crucified and the, the world is crucified to him mm-hmm. He, he realized that his life was full of falsity. False, false, false. Everything was false. Everything was masquerade. Everything was just wearing masks. He, he lived with this uh, mask on. His morality was false. His righteousness was false. His goodness was false. His zeal was false. His eyes were so blind that he didn't even see that all his life. Keeping the law was simply a masquerade. Living a moral life was also simply a masquerade. He was able to look deep inside of himself and yet did not commit suicide he came out with hope that is a power of grace I don't have black board but I cannot write it but the, the picture that I gave you long time ago I don't know whether you remember or not. Yeah. Okay, I'll draw it. Okay, you got it. F- so far, what I'm doing, this is, was straight, <laughs> and that, get okay, person, person. So, this thing when you are at the edge of yourself, when you're far away from the edge you do the dot and then you see this part. But when you come to the edge of yourself, you see the depth of yourself. And then we experience that when we fail, morally fail or socially fail and you know, whatever, that we get to the edge of ourselves and we see who we really are. And then you see the depth and most people just fall. They die, suicide. Korea has the highest suicidal rate. Business, uh, uh, you know, you fail and whatever school you fail, and but that you come to the edge of yourself, but you don't commit suicide. That's a miracle. He believed that that is a power of grace, power of grace, and that power of grace saved him, saved him. Not because he has a false image of himself, a little higher than who he really was. Not because, I mean, he lived on this false image all his life. But this time, he saw himself as he was, and yet he was able to survive. Why? Because of grace. And he experienced that power of grace. It's not theory we are talking about. He experienced the power of grace there. There. So he was able to come out strong. Uh, I said Paul did not use the word forgiveness in dealing with our sin. Instead of using forgiveness, he preferred to use justification. So not forgiveness, but justification. Forgiveness is for your behaviors. Forgiveness is about your guilt, but justification is to do with your identity. You are declared innocent. So you, who you are, is determined. Justification is about your whole self rather than uh, forgiveness of particular sins that you have committed. But justification is your whole self has been declared innocent. You're exempted from that punishment and that is Paul. what Paul experienced. It's not really just forgiven for his uh, many mistakes but he's justified uh, that he was declared innocent and that is a way to be free from the power of sin uh, power of fear uh, so uh, that is uh, what uh, uh, happen and then Paul uh, articulated uh, his experience in that way so that's w- that's why he used justification rather than uh, forgiveness then how can we be righteous people who live in this present dark evil age that ink that I, I showed He realized that all your human effort is vanity. You cannot do it. That's only wishful thinking. Self-righteousness is something that you can have when you're blinded. All you can get is self-righteousness. That's all. Then what, how can a person be righteous and justified and he realized that what human beings cannot do God did. what we cannot do God did and that's what the cross was all about and it was God this loving God not scary God but this loving God came and declared, And accepted you as uh, you are. And when God did that, who will be against us? And this is what uh, uh, Paul said in Romans. What then are we to say about these things? If God is for us, who is against us? He who did not withhold his own son, but gave him up for all of us, will it not? Will he not with him also give us everything else? Who will bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? It is Christ Jesus who died. Yes, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed intercedes for us. So Jesus' resurrection was testimony that God declared uh, us to be Innocent, And that all came from God's love and God's grace. And then he, uh, uh, right after that, he said this famous saying about love. Who will separate us from the love of Christ? Will hardship or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is, is written, for your sake we are being killed all day long. We are counted as sheep to be slaughtered. when we experience nakedness, when we experience pers- persecution, we change all the time. But only thing that is con- continuous and constant is God's love, and nothing can separate us from the love of God. No matter what power you have, if you trust that, that, the trust in that power of love of God, then you'll be alright. It is your turn to respond. God already did everything on the cross through jesus christ it is you up to you do you believe this or not jesus believed to the end the power of evil could not intimidate him because he had faith in god and his grace which is more powerful than the power of evil and sin and that's how his dilemma was resolved he discovered God's love in the end. And the new image
1: of God changed everything uh, for him now.